What's good, John? Welcome to another episode of the Amateur Like TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai. Shield's got a good show here for you on this uh, first weekend of March, March 6th, March 7th, the year 2021. Uh, took an unannounced little break, just, you know, take a little breather. My apologies for that did not do a show uh the previous uh i did not do a show last sat last saturday and not do a show this past wednesday so my apologies for that i'll get back on schedule of course with a show today and a show wednesday and then be and then before you know it, we'll be off and running with the ncaa tournament but uh part of the reason why i haven't been on is because you know what do you what what do you want me to talk about in sports you know so this is a this is a quote-unquote national international podcast because it can be heard from just about anywhere in the country, if not anywhere in the entire world. Uh, with a with a good uh, Wi-Fi connection, you can hear this. You can hear this podcast in in New York City, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Orange County, California, Dallas, Texas, uh, Norman, Oklahoma, Washington D.C., uh, Miami, Florida. Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, London, England, Paris, France, um, uh, shoot, uh, Rome, Italy. I mean, uh, Melbourne, Australia. I mean, you pick, you pick the place. Uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, or Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia. I mean, you pick the location. You can hear the show just about anywhere. So I can't exactly, you know, you know. Do an NBA do, talk about an NBA game of a of a certain team every single night because you you know you get bored and plus I got a large quote unquote again audience I have to uh, I have to give put out content for so I mean what it what do you want me to say I mean I'll get into JJ Watt in a little bit but there isn't that much going on in sports a little JJ Watt news. I'm sick and tired of going to Sean Watson, and thank God Carson Wentz got traded, so we can finally put that uh, carousel to bed. But it's Deshaun Watson and it's Russell Wilson. It's just oh my God Almighty, enough, enough, enough. Oh my goodness gracious, get you put the NFL to bed for Christ's sake. But I'll get into JJ Watt. I'll do a little something different. Talk about ESPN keeping Monday Night Football and ABC getting back into the Super Bowl rotation. Hearing a couple of ideas, NFL thing about a Monday night playoff game, two Christmas games, pushing the season all out of the Super Bowl back to the second week, the second Sunday of February instead of the first, which I'm vehemently against. Um, I'll get into that and then give you my opinion on the NBA as we right now are sitting at their all-star break with the all-star game on a Sunday, March 7th. But first things first, uh, J.J. Watt. Uh, J first things first, J.J. Watt, the, uh, the, uh, all pro the, uh, Pro Bowl pass rusher, uh, formerly of the Houston Texans, uh, has recently, recently within the last week or so, hey, he's an all pro two, five time all pro, five time pro bowler, 
Uh, he's won Defensive Player of the Year three times, won Walter Payton Man of the Year. So, no doubt he's going into the Hall of Fame. But formerly of the uh, Houston, for, formerly of the Houston Texans, signed a de- signed a deal uh, early, signed a deal within the last a week or so, a two year contract, a two year contract with the uh, with Minnesota Vikings. Holy crap! The Arizona Cardinals. Um, I don't know why Minnesota. Ugh, my my mistake. With the Arizona Cardinals for approximately, so let me get it right here for you, for approximately, if not right on the button, uh, $20 million uh, guaranteed at the signing with signing bonus, 2020 salary, and then $5.5 million of 2022 uh, salary. So... And J.J. Watt, of course, out of was out of was out of Wisconsin, eleven overall pick in the 2011 draft, and Houston is essentially uh, shedding all of its uh, Pro Bowl, if not All Pro talent, and yet uh, Deshaun Watson still remains. I'm not going to harp over that. What I am going to say about this J.J. Watt signing is that he went out, and first of all, I don't get the idea. Why everyone was, you know, wait, waiting around with bated breath, you know, to figure out where J.J. Watt's going to sign. Because, you know, I Aaron Donald, yes, but, I mean, the idea, and again, I understand J.J. Watt's going into the Hall of Fame. He's got Hall of Fame numbers, just, you know, just enough as it stands. But, you know, the, fa- the idea that J.J. Watt is essentially Lawrence Taylor or Mean Joe Green as far as, the impact of dominating over of dominating a football game is concerned. You you got you got to pump the in my eyes you got to pump the brakes on that. Okay, you know Cleveland Super Bowl maybe Bills Super Bowl maybe you know and what was the other I think Chicago might have been the I don't know but he had a list of teams and he basically you know uh, basically psyched everybody out and decided you know what I'm signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Cause it's cause it's warm. Essentially, they're a little. They're going to be more competitive than the Texans are, but you know JJ Watt talking about winning a championship, and he signs with the Arizona Cardinals. And I tell you something right now, the Cardinals may be playoff team material, and they may be a good formidable team in the NFC West. But let me tell you something: if you think for a second that the that the Arizona Cardinals are making are making the Super Bowl out of the NFC. You need your head examined. If you think they are a Super Bowl contender in 2021, you need your head examined. They have a good offense. I'll grant you that. Kyler Murray's dynamic and electric. They got DeAndre and they and they got DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best wide receiver in all of football. I I under I understand that. Don't, and and Kyler Murray dual threat being able to throw the ball and the fact that he can and the fact that he can run it run it with the best of them as well. I understand all that. But the but the fa- but the th- but you cannot sit up here and tell me that the Arizona Cardinals are a super are Super Bowl fifty six material based on two things, their average defense, and and Cliff Kingsbury. Those are two things, two things. This team can win. Now, don't get me wrong. This team can win eight games, and if not sneaking and or sneaking to the playoffs, with their high end talent alone. Problem is, 
is when games have to be won and lost by the by the by coaching, and in this case, I'm talking about Cliff Kingsbury. They fall short, and the perfect example was, and was and the perfect example was this past season, week 17, with a winner you're in scenario all on the line after they inexplicably lost to the 49ers the week before 20 to 12 in their own build in their own building on that uh on that uh Saturday afternoon game they inexplicably lost to the 49ers again Cliff Kingsbury is is uh, uh you know is no big time NFL head coach after they lost the game that they that they had no business losing they go on the road, play the Rams. Jared Goff is out with a broken thumb, and they gotta play John Wolford. Who? What? Yeah, John Wolford, formerly of the A, formerly out of the AAF, making his first, making his first ever NFL start at quarterback. And the Cardinals have a winning your end scenario on the line. They win, they get into the playoffs. They lose, the Bears are in the playoffs. And everyone was making the jokes, you know, the fact that how pathetic the Bears were against the Saints in Wild Card Weekend. Well, you will thank Cliff Kingsbury. Remember that play? I sat up there and I screamed and screamed and yelled about it for about a half hour. On that third, I think it was a third and 15, third and 15 at, a, at, at close to around midfield. And Cliff Kingsbury with, I think it was five minutes left in the fourth quarter. If if not a little more than that, but it was in the fourth quarter, third and long, and Cliff Kingsbury decides to run a triple option on a Kyler Murray who who had missed the majority of that game because he had a bad leg. So essentially ran on a third and long now, third third and long, third and fifteen thereabouts, with a playoff spot on the line, going up against a team starting a quarterback that has never taken the NFL snap prior to that game. He ran a triple option play. With essentially a playoff berth on the line, and they lost the and they and they lost the game eighteen to seven. I understand Rams had the best defense of all in all of football, but the fact that you lost, but the but lo- losing to a team starting a quarterback that heading into that game had never taken an NFL snap is inexcusable. Again, I understand the Ram defense is essentially you know the fearsome foursome, but still that's it. That's inexcusable. Playoffs berth on the line, eighteen to seven, really. And that and, and and that and that spot alone, not the not the. I'm not going to go into the fact that that they lost three straight prior to week sixteen, week seventeen. They lost to the Seahawks on the road on that Thursday on that Thursday night, the Thursday night before Thanksgiving. They lost to the Patriots inexplicably when the Patriot offense was inept. Inept is all get out. And if you don't believe me, let me read you Cam Newton's numbers. 9 of 18, 84 yards, two interceptions thrown. And their leading receiver caught five passes for 52 yards. Leading rusher, Harris, 14 carries for 47 yards. Their offense was abysmal. And they lost to the at the and they lost to the five-win New England Patriots. Again, trying to make a playoff push. And then they lose, and then they lose to the Rams at home again. Ran out of the building. Their defense vomited all over themselves and lost thirty-eight twenty-eight. 
And again, and and it's not like that J.J. Watt. Again, I understand the All Pros and I understand the Pro Bowls. I understand the three-time Defensive Player of the Year. But the but the fact but the idea that J.J. Watt is going to be a player that's going to essentially take over and transform the Arizona Cardinals defense is a bunch of hogwash. Okay, let me read. Let me read you how many games J.J. Watt has played in the last five or so seasons. 2000, 2016. He played three games. 2017, he played five games. 2018, he played the full 16. 2019, he played eight games. And this past season, he played the full 16. He's had two. He's he's played the full 16 games two times in the last five years. He's straight up never plays. He's all he's always hurt. And and from what I can recall, when the when the when Houston was up, I th- I believe twenty four to nothing against Kansas City, was now two seasons ago in that divisional playoff game. Where was J.J. Watt when the when the Chiefs essentially scored, you know, uh, twenty one points in in and uh, three minutes of total game time? Where was J.J. Watt then? Well, he's just doubled and triple team. I don't care. You think J.J. White? I hate when people give me that excuse for Aaron Donald too. Well, he was du- he was doubled and he was doubled and triple team. Well, if, if they're that if they're that great, they should they should know how to capitalize off that double and off off that double team. Just because that double team, it's no excuse. So so they get double team. What they just they just give up trying? No. They got the All Pros. They got the Pro Bowls. They talked about high and mighty, like the second coming of LT and the second coming of uh, of uh, Deacon Jones. Let's play like it. JJ never plays, and again, when the Chiefs were surrounding that comeback two seasons ago, JJ Watt was nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found, and if you don't, and if you don't believe me, and if you don't believe me, go back and look at the tape. Go back and look at the tape. Nowhere to be found. He has not had a breakout signature playoff performance since he and his Texans beat up on my Bengals in 2011 in the wild card round when they won the game 31-10. That's the big time moment I can remember. But he never plays and he's he's great, Hall of Fame worthy, yes, but he's not an immortal. Not a chance, not a chance, not an immortal. So it's not like that all of a sudden you add J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals defense is going to you know, end up being the 2,000 Ravens. That's not, that's not going to happen. Is it really a big, big deal, a big addition that's going to make the Cardinals Super Bowl contenders for a average defense at best and with a head coach that can't manage a game clock? And get coach circles around at big spots. 
I mean, this is the same coach, Cliff, Cliff Klondike Bars, I like to call him. This is the same guy that had Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield at quarterback and did absolutely nothing with him at Texas Tech. Nothing. Not a thing. So, I, I, you know, it's only two years, so, I mean, it's like that they signed to a big, fat, juicy five-plus-year contract. You know, worth a hundred plus some odd million dollars. But the idea that this is going to make the Arizona Cardinals a Super Bowl contender, you're sadly mistaken. Because J.J. Watt, first of all, has to prove to me that he can play the full 16 games on a year in, year out basis. Because he has not been able to do that since he first got into the league. He has to prove to me that he can still have that, that he can flash it back ten years back in the in the uh, back in the past, and have the ability to take over football games like he used to do, swatting passes at the line of scrimmage, getting after the quarterback, hell, even catching touchdown passes, lining up at tight end. He has to prove to me that he can recapture that ability to take over football games because I have not seen that from him in a long, long time. And finally. Cliff Kingsbury, who I who I do not trust to win any big time football game in a big spot, I believe this is just me talking. I believe cannot get Arizona to the promised land. I mean, all you need to know: Week Seventeen, winning your end, Rams starting a AAF former AAF player at quarterback who had never taken an NFL snap. And I understand the final score is 18-7, but the Cardinals were dominated by the Rams in that game. Kingsbury was outcoached. The Rams' defense was tremendous, and Wolford didn't try to do too much. And I understand Murray was hurt, but he had a, he had a very nice performance that put the that put the Rams in the, in the best position to win. And result, Cardinals don't make the playoffs. And we're subjected to watching Mitch Trubisky throwing incomplete passes and watching receivers drop balls wide open in the end zone against the Saints in the playoffs the week the, a week later. Average defense, J.J. has to prove to me that he can take over games and stay on the football field for the full 16 games on a consistent basis. And I wouldn't trust Cliff Kingsbury to get me to the playoffs or to do anything as far as winning playoff games is concerned if the fate of the universe depended on it. But from a J.J. Watt standpoint, he's happy to get out of Houston. The the Cardinals will be competitive just solely based on their high-end talent and offense alone. And the NFC West still, I think, is the best division in all of football. And... I know it's early, and I know it's only early March, but if you were to ask me, you know, who's your favorite to win the NFC West, I honestly have no freaking idea Cause it, because it is that wide open in my eyes, in my eyes. Take a break, get to this uh, TV stuff as far as the NFL is concerned. Coming up on the Telecatelius Podcast. You 
Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to a little something different because uh, I got a um, I got an opinion or two on the matter, and that is that uh, the deals, the broadcasting rights deals between the NFL and the networks. Uh, just to run it down, CBS, Fox, NBC. All of them are getting redone. They expire at the end of the 2022 season. NBC keeps the Sunday Night Football. Fox still keeps uh, the NFC keeps the NFC Sunday afternoon. CBS still keeps the AFC uh, Sunday afternoon as well. It looks like Fox is going. The Fox wants out of the Thursday night package. All the net at this point, all the networks have had the Thursday night. Uh, and they, you know, the games are awful. You know, it's Thursday night. They it's a it's a TV night for those networks that uh, that they have to forfeit in order to put the foot in order for them to put the football uh, on those Thursday nights during uh, during the fall and early winter. No one wants it. CBS didn't want it. NBC didn't want it. Uh, Fox, uh, Fox wants out. They have, they looks like they don't want it either. After they signed that mega contract a few years back, they want out now. So it looks like again nothing set in stone yet. This is just my speculation. It looks like that the NF, that the Thursday night football will be on Amazon Prime Video and on the NFL Network. That remains to be seen. But the news, big time news, if you can call it that, of this variety is the fact that ESPN. Uh, still keeps the rights to Monday Night Football. Still keeps the rights to Monday Night Football. Um, you know, and still ha- keeps the rights. They had to pay around two. Uh, they had to pay around two point six billion dollars to continue to broadcast Monday Night Football games and keep it on that uh, Disney family of networks. Uh, and use and have the uh, and then of course they you know they and of course have the rights to. Uh, NFL rights for in-house uh, studio shows, NFL Live, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Sports Center, all that. Uh, the first take, uh, get up, you name it. Um, so they had to. So they had to pay extra. And, uh, you know, again, it's not agreed yet to a T, but it looks like that those two will come to uh, will come to an agreement here. After it looked like that, you know, it'd be a little bit more. You know, there might be a discrepancy between the two sides because the NFL. The NFL uh, was charging ESPN a hefty price, and ESPN wasn't budging, but it looks like that they finally agreed to come to terms uh, in theory, and it looks like that essentially we'll be watching the NFL for the most part outside of Thursday nights for the most part the same way we have been for the last, what, uh, 14, 15, 16 years or so. Um, 
They keep Monday Night Football, and they give and uh, the and Disney gets what they wanted, and that is ABC back into the Super Bowl rotation. Super, ABC has not broadcasted a Super Bowl since Super Bowl uh, Forty between the uh, it was the Seahawks and the, and the Steelers Super Bowl in February February of two thousand and six. Uh, that is what that's about. Fi that's fifteen. That's one. That's fifteen years ago. They have not brought ABC's not broadcasted the Super Bowl in sixteen years. Uh, over the la or excuse me, fifteen years. The last fifteen years is it's rotated between the th between the three networks that have games on Sundays: Fox, CBS, and uh, NBC. Uh, ABC get or excuse me, Fox, CBS, and NBC. ABC gets back into the mix, so it looks like it'll be a four-time. It'll it'll rotate or it'll rotate around uh, four times because previously, and this is the first time I think that it, that the Super Bowl will rotate a, across four networks because it used to be just uh, it used to be a CB, it used to be CBS. It used to be just CBS and NBC, and then they added ABC into the mix after a couple of years after Monday Night Football. So it was just CBS, NBC, and ABC, and then and it was and it was like that until until uh, CBS lost the rights, and then and then it was Fox, NBC, and ABC, and then the NBC and then NBC lost the rights to uh lost the rights uh to the NFL and then CBS got back into the mix it was Fox, CBS and ABC and then when they moved Monday Night Football off of ABC to ESPN it was and Sunday Night and NBC got back into the NFL with Sunday Night Football and then they and then it then what we've been accustomed to the last 15 or so years it's CBS, Fox and NBC now you'll have CBS now you'll have uh, Fox, CBS, NBC, and ABC back into the mix. Um, just to give you an idea of when that Super Bowl will be for uh, will be for ABC. Again, nothing's announced, nothing's set in stone yet. But the Super Bowl, of course, this past Super Bowl was broadcasted on um, CBS. Super Bowl Fifty Six. Next year's game will be on NBC. Super Bowl. 57 will be on Super Bowl 57 will be a Fox broadcast and Super Bowl 58 which is yet to have a location too by the way Super Bowl 58 yet to have a like location Super Bowl 59 is going to be at the Super Bowl at the Superdome but Super Bowl 58 and Super Bowl uh, 59 the networks for those for that game is yet to be uh is yet to be announced uh one of you'd figure one of those games would be uh ABC's first crack at it which would be the Monday Night Football crew which as it will remain at least heading into the 2021 season unless uh something you know unless uh Lewis Reddick gets a GM job so one time or another it will be Steve Levy uh Steve Levy uh what's his face Brian Greasy and uh, Lewis Riddick with uh with um Lisa Salters uh parading the uh doing the sideline reporting and you'd figure that um it when they when ABC gets a Super Bowl typically the networks they have uh, I think NBC only still has the one I'm not sure but I know CBS has the two sideline reporters Washburn and Wolfson 
And I know Fox has the two sideline reporters, Christina Pink and Aaron Andrews. I think ABC, again, not positive. This is just me just speculating and just taking an educated guess. You would think because Tom Rinaldi's now at Fox, so it, it's actually it'd be Tom Rinaldi and Aaron Andrews instead of they get Christina Pink out of there. Um, but because Rinaldi is now at Fox, it wouldn't be him. I would think my hunch says that it would be Maria Taylor, the lead sideline reporter for ESPN's college football. Um, I think it, I would think it would be, it would, uh, it would be them and me personally. And I don't know how the Monday football crew would feel about this, but I would feel more comfortable and not more comfortable. But in my opinion, I would give the, I would, I would not have my regular, uh, Monday Night football crew do the Super Bowl. Me personally, I'd give it to, I'd give it to Fowler, Herb Street, Salters, Taylor on the sideline. Because though though in, in that Monday Night Football game that that Taylor uh, Herb Street and Fowler did Week One uh, Steelers Giants uh, Monday Night at at the uh, Meadowlands that that they for for guys that you know that do college football on a week in week out basis they did a phenom they did a phenomenal job and I would think if I was their bosses I'd think of allowing them broadcasting the Super Bowl or finding a way to make them my permanent Monday football crew instead of uh Lee instead of uh Levy instead of Levy Gracie and uh and Riddick and of course Salters is an all pro as far as uh, sports reporting and journalism is concerned, but Super Bowl Fifty Eight and Fifty Nine, though those networks are yet to be announced. There's not, there's no location of Super Bowl Fifty Eight either, so that'll be interesting to see. And ABC, of course, you saw it this past, and you've seen the last couple of seasons how ABC slowly but surely has gotten a, a few Monday night games. Uh, this past season, they got the uh, they got Saints, they got Saints and Raiders because that because that night was the it, because that night was marked the fiftieth anniversary of uh marked the fiftieth anniversary of Monday Night Football. It was September twenty first, nineteen seventy. So they added on ABC and Levy and the boys wore the uh, old ABC Sports Gold coats, a la the days of um. It was Keith Jackson actually that did the first ever Monday Night Football game, not Howard Cosell, but of course it was Cosell. Meredith and uh, Frank Gifford, that were the main Monday Night Football voices throughout its early days in the 1970s. But they had that game was on ABC. Bills and 49ers was on ABC. And in the last Monday Night game of the year between the Bills and the Patriots, that game also was on ABC. And the Ravens-Titans playoff game, that was on ABC. And, of course, well, in years past, the Pro Bowl also has been on ABC. So they've been slowly but surely working ABC back into the mix, trying to show it off to prove to NFL that they can, you know, have the two games, have the one game on the two networks. Um, and, and it looks like that you that you'll see a. Uh, and I've been saying this for a couple of years now. Uh, ABC and ESPN, you know, joint Monday night, joint Monday Night Football uh, broadcasts. Uh, you know, simulcast. I think me personally, I think me personally, they should split the baby in half. ABC gets, but they get about 17 Monday Night Football games a year. So ABC should do, you know, pick and choose, you know, what eight or seven you want to show and then have all the games, of course, be on ESPN and then the Super Bowl. 
will solely just be on will solely just be on ABC as you would imagine as you would expect ABC they uh you know they get, they get a decent amount of they uh, get the NBA finals and the NBA playoffs they uh, do they uh what else does ABC have they uh do college football they should have the national championship on on there but again that's another subject for a different day they do college football. They should have the national championship on there. They get the NBA finals and they do some college basketball as well. And they also put those motorsports and soccer and all that other stuff on ABC as well. But ABC gets back into the Super Bowl mix. A uh, hefty, price, uh, hefty uh, price ESPN had to pay, but they'll take it as long as... Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, they, if ESPN will get some flex scheduling involved because... You know they they got they got a little lucky this year. There wasn't that many bad Monday football games or that many bad Monday football matchups on paper. But you know everyone thought that once Burrow went out, everyone thought that Steelers Bengals was going to be a dud and ended up being one of the more shocking, if not surprising and entertaining games of, of the of the uh, of the season. That game coming just off of that throw that was between the Ravens. And the Browns the Monday night before, but you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, they get for the for the sake of the football fan at least get some uh, hearsay. They charge them a hefty price. They might as well let them have a little bit of hearsay when it comes to flex scheduling is concerned. Um, but uh, that's where you stand as far as as far as uh, the broadcasting is concerned. The NFL's thinking about you know they have these they have these off season owners meetings. They're thinking about a Monday, uh, Monday night football playoff game, two Christmas games, and pushing back the end of the season with the extra 17th game. They're pushing it back a week. Here's my opinion on it. Then I'll take a break and get on to some other thing, other things. I don't the Monday, first of all from when it comes to playoffs, stay away from stay away stay away stay away stay away from. From the Monday night football, from the from any playoff game that is not played either on a Saturday or a Sunday, it's playoffs. Competitive disadvantage. Teams got to travel. Not to mention if they got still deal with COVID, COVID protocol. If we're still dealing with COVID come January of twenty twenty two, which I pray to God we are not. That bad idea. So the fact that the fact that it was even brought up in conversation, it's just no. If I'm sitting in it, I'm like no, 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 no. I don't care if we play twenty games in the season. Not a chance in hell, nor should we ever even entertain the idea of playing a playoff game outside of the weekend, because you have competitive disadvantages, home field, all that. It gets very. It's a. It's a very rocky road. Not to mention. I would imagine, and not to mention, you would think come January of 2022, everyone in America would be vaccinated, whether walking around with masks is yet to be determined. But every every playoff game by January 2022, you would hope and you would certainly think would be, you know, would have fans in the stands of every single uh, playoff game. You got lucky this year because I think you only had about, a f- you could count on one hand how many Playoff games there were with no fans. Uh, the Saint, uh, two Saints playoff games. Uh, Tampa versus Washington was a third one. Um, uh, Buffalo had fans. Tennessee had fans. Kansas City had fans. Green Bay had fans. 
and Seattle. So he had four, he had four play he had four play Seattle the Rams in Seattle. So he had four playoff games that didn't have fans didn't have fans in it. And you would think there's going to be fans in January 2022. Stay away from that, please. Again, NFL don't try to get too cute. Stick with what you do best and and if it ain't broke, don't fix don't fix it. Okay? And and again, as you're not adding it, the the extra playoff teams already added done. I don't want to see any more playoff teams. I don't want I don't want eight teams in the play sixteen teams out of out of out of uh, out of uh, thirty two. I don't want that. Okay, the seven is fine. Okay, the seven is fine. I don't want I don't want the playoffs expanded anymore for the rest of my lifetime. The the seven the seven in each. Is absolutely fine and absolutely okay, and you shouldn't add any more unless you want games cannibalizing each other and over overlapping each other with the three games with the three games in both days. But a wild card weekend was perfectly fine. Had a game at one, game at four thirty. Had a game at night. Same thing with Sunday after. You're fine, okay. You don't you don't need and uh, you don't need nor should you even entertain a Monday night football playoff game because again, fans go into the building. They got to go to work. The Tuesday after, and you don't want you know it's just a stay away from the weekday, with from the weekday games, the weekday games, the Mondays, the Thursday nights. Save that for the regular season. Playoff time games should be your games should be played strictly on Saturdays and Sundays. Case closed. No case closed. No questions asked. No further comments. The two Christmas games I like. Two Christmas games I like. NFL it dominates Thanksgiving. You know they basically saying screw the NBA. We might as well take over Christmas too. So the two Christmas games I'm in favor of have a game at uh have a game at um. You know, they can pick the time. You know whether they want a game at like one and four thirty or a game. At one in the game at at you know at night at eight o'clock eight thirty ish, or you want to have it you know a game at four thirty and game at eight. I like the two Christmas games. I'm in favor of that. I, no issues with that whatsoever. Uh, you know you can pick and choose what never gets a game. I would give it me personally. I'd give the two Christmas games to. Uh, well, you can't give the ESPN and ABC. I mean, yeah, you could. well they got basketball all day. With Christmas, unless they, you know, unless they want to give a game to TNT, uh, so I don't know. So, well, I would say them, but they 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 committed to basketball, but yeah, but uh, give a game, give a game to NBC for one, and then and then t- and then take it, and then take the second game and rotate it every year. You know whether you put it on the NFL Network, put a game on NFL Network, put a game on NBC, or put one game on NBC and rotate every year between Fox and CBS. Or put one game on CBS and one game on Fox. Leave it that I don't know, but I'm in favor of two Christmas games. I don't like the fact that because of the 17th game, which I'm vehemently against already. The 16, the 16 is fine. What you need to play in that. the 16 is fine. I don't like the idea of playing essentially. Extra game, extra games in a season, no less when you don't have to. Not to mention, not to mention, I don't like the fact, you know, when you look at when you look at a season, you play an odd number amount of games instead of even. It just it just looks funky and it looks fluky to me. But that that's just that's just me. Per, that's just me personally. But I but it's bad enough you get it's bad enough you got to do that and you, that you add the seventeenth game, which you don't which you don't do. 
don't do it is push back the seasonal week to fit to put the fit in the the fit in the seventh is uh to fit in the seventeenth game. Okay, here's here's what you do NFL and it's real simple. And they did this back and they did this back you know back uh, 30, 30 and uh, forty plus years ago. Here's here's what you do. You don't you don't push you don't on the back end of the season push it back so the Super Bowl would be played. Um, uh, let's see. So the Super Bowl won't be, you know, will be played the day before Valentine's Day, February 13th. What you do is that, okay, the season in theory would start September the 12th. Here's what you do. You push back, you push back the beginning of the season a week. So the kickoff game between the Bucks and... I don't know the Bucks and the Bucks and the Saint. Oh, right, here you go. Bucks and Packers round three. Bucks and Packers at Raymond James. That game should be played on uh, Thursday, September the second, instead of September the ninth. And week one of the NFL season, when everything kicks off, is is the weekend of September the fifth, not the weekend of September the twelfth. So you have the seventeen games. Week one is September the fifth. Week two is September the twelfth. Week three is September the nineteenth. Week four is September twenty sixth. Week five is September, or excuse me, October third. The following week is October tenth, October seventeenth, October twenty fourth, October thirty first, Halloween Day, October the or excuse me, November seventh, November fourteenth, November twenty first, November twenty eighth, December fifth, twelfth, nineteenth. Sixth or excuse me, twenty sixth of this of December. So you count them. You go. You count them. You go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So yeah, so seventeen. So you week seventeen, week eighteen. So you gotta count the extra week. Uh, and then, of, and then the fi- and final weekend of the regular season is the first Sunday of the new year, January second. Then play and playoff. Then playoffs is the weekend of January of uh, January eighth and ninth. Divisional round weekend is the weekend is the weekend of December. Excuse me, January fifteenth and sixteenth. You get the bye. You get the bye week on. Uh, you get the bye week on. Um, uh, the do I have this right? The bye week? No, wait. Do I have that right? Wild fi, week final weekend of the season, the January second. Wild card weekend. Uh, wild card weekend. Uh, this excuse me, January ninth. Uh, division round weekend this uh, January sixteenth. Championship weekend the twenty third. Okay, now I got it. Bye week is the bye week. The Pro Bowl is the is January thirtieth. Super Bowl February sixth. So you keep so you keep the Super Bowl. So your playoffs essentially are unaffected. There's the they you know the Super Bowl is is the first Sunday of uh, of February, and you just keep it moving. That's 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 because because like one of these years one of these years the second Sunday in February is going to fall on Valentine's Day, and do you really think especially when you know God willing when the world gets back to normal and due time you think you think the you think the girlfriends the fiancés and the wives of America is going to allow their boyfriend or or fellow fiance or husband to essentially sit on their ass for four hours and watch the Super Bowl on Valentine's Day. I understand it's a Sunday, but do you really think that? 
where all they're going to be wrapped up on, wrapped up in and wrapped up on is football. You really, NFL, you really think that's a bright idea? People, people are going to be out, uh, out, you know, going out to dinner and out on dates, especially when the world's normal and can this pandemic is a thing. But you really, because eventually one of these years, if if you end up going down that rabbit hole, one of these years you're going to have the Super Bowl Sunday, and it's going to, and you're going to look down and you look down at your watch, it's going to, and the date's going to say February fourteenth. So, and you you think the ladies of America who've already had the stomach. Their man, you know, watching football from sept from September to January, and on holidays such as th on family oriented holidays such as Thanksgiving and Christmas, and they're gonna put a game and they're gonna put a game on another holiday, quote unquote, on Valentine's Day, and get and and think to get away with it. Uh-uh. NFL, stay the hell away from Valentine's Day, please. Please, it's the week after the season is supposed to end. Let that be the Women of America's Day. Stay the hell away from Valentine's Day. Don't go there. Start your season a week early. No harm, no foul in it. Hell, your, your football. Hell, your football season will. Your football season will start. You know, before kids are back. But you know the. Uh, you know, we'll start the Sunday before kids have to go back to school. Which, which I think is also a positive thing. You'll have kids, you know, with Labor Day weekend. Start Labor Day weekend. You know, you'll have you'll have the you'll have the young school kids staying up watching the Sunday night game. They ain't gotta go to school the next day. Not the not the men not the mention. You know, it's it's practical. It's still not that it's not still summer. The second weekend of September anyway. But it's summertime. People kid people want to go and get out, or people are going to want to get out and they're going to want to go to the games. Stay away from Valentine's Day. Bad enough you dominate Thanksgiving and you're trying to push the NBA out the way with Christmas. Stay the hell away from Valentine's Day. Because one of these years, it's going to, it's going to, February 14th is going to fall on a Sunday like it was in 2021. Stay away from Valentine's Day. Instead of starting the season, the second weekend of September. And I don't want to hear well college football to hell with college football. Okay, you, you're bigger than you're bigger than college football, anyways. You're bigger than college football, anyways. Okay. And it's, and it's not like that you care about college football. It's not like that you care about college football because because you make college football play their national championship games on Monday night on you know on Monday night after we just got finished. Watching playoff football, so I don't want anything. Well, poor, poor, pitiful me. College football won't live. Okay, it's it's not like it's not like any other weekend during the um during the fall. College rules the Saturdays. You rule the Sundays. So, and the way they should do it, September fifth, twenty twenty one, on a Sunday, week one of the twenty twenty one NFL season starts with the seventeenth game. That's how I would do it, me personally. So your play, so essentially the back end of your schedule is the way it has been, and and you and you and you start the week earlier to fit in that seventeenth game. Kickoff game is the first Thursday of is the first Thursday in the month, and your kickoff weekend, your kickoff Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. So you get one, two, three, four weeks. 
of September football. By the time you hit week five, it'll be the first uh, Sunday in October. That's how you do it. Now, again, who the hell am I? But if the NFL is smart and if they and they got eyes and ears all over the place, listen to listen to me. Stay the hell away from Monday Night Football playoff game and start the season earlier. Start the season early on the front end of the season instead of pushing it back in the back end of the season. Because it's you're going to be an unmitigated disaster if you're going to sit up, if you're going to try to have a Super Bowl the second the second uh, Sunday in February. Because again, one of these years going to fall on Valentine's Day and it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Started a week earlier, like you used to do it back in the old days when you when you played sixteen when you played sixteen games and had that bye week in between when they when they used to play the Super Bowl the last Sunday in uh, January. You you you, st- you started Labor Day weekend then. Why can't you start now? Go back to that. You'll be you'll be better off for it. Trust me, you'll be better off. Stay stay away from Valentine's Day and keep your playoff games on weekends. That's my advice to the NFL. Stay away from a Super Bowl on Valentine's Day and keep your playoff games on weekends. You do that, you'll be in good shape. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amos Helicotis podcast. Switching gears now to close out the program. 
with uh, some things as far as the National Basketball Associated, Association excuse me, is concerned. Last time I talked to you guys, the Lakers were on the snide, and then they got off the snide, and then I talked to you again, they're back on the snide, uh, losing their last uh, two games, three and seven, in their uh, in their last ten, they lost to they lost to the war they lost to the Warriors the other night and took care of business against uh, and took care of business against the uh, New uh, New Orleans Pelicans uh, one one twelve to one twenty five oh, excuse me one twelve to ninety five no interest in the NBA All Star game slam dunk none of that so if, just to, before you even ask. No, not interested, and really could care less about it. No, I'm more into that uh, inside story documentary, telling the story of uh, inside the NBA and Chuck, er- Chuck, Shaq, Ernie, and uh, and Kenny. I'm more into that than I am the NBA All Star Game and All Star Game weekend right now. The Suns, they've been hot. They're, they've won four straight. They're now second in the Western Conference behind Utah, at 21. Excuse me, at 24 and 11. Devin Booker has had a phenomenal season. He won't play in the All Star game. He won't play in the All Star game though. He's got a left. Uh, he's got a left knee sprain, so he won't participate in the All Star game festivities. They had a tough loss, one hundred eight to one hundred four. That was that was the game when uh, Devin Booker. Uh, that was the game. In case you weren't aware, Devin Booker uh, was that the game where he got uh, where he got uh, ejected. I'm not positive. But um, I forget what game I forget what game that was. But John Morant, seventeen points, ten assists, uh, and they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies by lost to the Memphis Grizzlies by four. Um, they had CP three, Devin Booker in the gang. Let me just read you uh, their numbers. Uh, their numbers right quick. Booker had twelve had twelve points. Chris Paul had sixteen. Um, just the they've done a uh, the Phoenix Suns have played um. Have played exceptional, uh, have played exceptional basketball in the uh, in the Western Conference at twenty four at twenty four and eleven. They are fifteen and seven within uh, within the Western Conference. Two game two and a half games back of Utah. Uh, Lakers were on the were on the snide, got off the snide, and now they're back on the snide. Uh, like I said, three three of they've won three games out of the last ten. Lost two in a row. Um, just to give you a r- quick rundown on them, right quick, they are now a game behind Phoenix in the Pacific Division. Um, lost to the Pistons, lost to the Lakers. Uh, beat the beat the Cavalier, beat the Cavaliers, beat the Bulls, uh, and then against Golden and then against Golden State. Um, and then against Golden State. Do I have this? Do I have this right? Um, and then against Golden State, uh, Warriors rally from down fourteen and beat the, and took care of, and took care of the Lakers one fifteen uh, to one thirteen, uh, and that is and that is where you stand as far as the LA Lakers is concerned. Um, when you get to the uh, go east here, go east with the uh, with the go east in the Eastern Conference. Uh, as far as the uh, as far as the East is concerned, the Nets. They've won two in a row. They've won nine out of the last ten. 
They they are on they're in a groove. They can just do no wrong. They're still first in points per game, second in assists, second in the league in assists, and fourteenth in rebounding. They've had they've done an absolutely phenomenal job. Harden, give them all the you know give them credit where credit is due. He's been absolutely phenomenal in regular season, postseasons when it counts. But he's done an absolutely phenomenal job for the Nets now that he is there and. Out of uh, Houston, Milwaukee's third, third in the Eastern Conference. They've they've won six out of the last four. Knicks, the good old New York Knicks, were in March at the All Star break. They're a game above five hundred, nineteen and eighteen. Uh, they they've won seven out of the last ten. They won their last game prior to the All Star break, and they've just had a They've had a their first in off. They they are first in OPPG. Um, third and third and rebounds, third and rebounds in the league, which is which is which is very which is a very exceptional opponents points per game. That's what it is. I just had a brain for it there for a minute. So they've played excellent defense. They crashed the glass. Play excellent defense. They've given up the least amount of points out of any team in the NBA. A tr- phenomenal defensive team. Tom Thibodeau give them the credit. Eats the head man. They are uh, in New York. They're now not Eastern Conference stinks, but they're fifth in the East. And if the playoffs were to end right now, uh, they uh, they would certainly make it in. Just give the, the Knicks are playing good. Every single time the New York Knicks are playing good basketball, that's something to be commended. So as Pat McAfee likes to do, let's give a round of applause for the New York Knicks. Phenomenal job by uh, the New York Knicks. Miami Heat, the uh, defending Eastern Conference champions there in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. That's 18-18 and 18 even. They've won seven out of the last ten, getting back to 500 after they've had a horrendous start to begin the season. Charlotte and Toronto uh, round out the Eastern Conference with the seventh and the eighth seed. LaMelo Ball has been absolutely phenomenal for Charlotte. Big reason why they're sitting sitting pretty uh, with uh, at the seventh spot in the Eastern Conference standings. Raptors still getting their feet underneath them there at 17 and 19, holding the eighth and final spot in the East. Portland and Damian Lillard, phenomenal job by them. They're in fifth place in the West, 21 and 14. Uh, they've won three in a row. They've been on fire heading into the break. They've won six out of the last 10. Uh, Damian Lillard, I mean, what can you say about him? I mean, this guy is just an absolute baller, averaging 29. Averaging 29 this season, four rebounds, eight assists. Um, just done an absolutely phenomenal job. His last time, his last time out, forty-four points against Sacramento on uh, March the fourth, putting with shooting fifty percent from the field, fifty-three percent uh, from behind the arc, eight of fifteen with uh, with a rebound, seven assists, and a block. Phenomenal job by him. And then of course the and then of course against uh, Golden State the night prior he put up uh, twenty he put up twenty two points and March the first put up twenty three and February twenty six put up thirty five so Damian in a losing effort but Damian Lillard has just had a very very solid first half and and his team has had a very solid first half of the season we keep an eye, our eye on the Portland Trail Blazers Spurs hold the seventh seed. At eighteen and fourteen, uh, Popovich, uh, arguably all-time great uh, NBA head coach, they are sitting at four games above five hundred with the seventh spot in the Western Conference. Mavericks with uh, Luca and the boys, eighteen and sixteen, winners of three in a row. 
eight have won eight out of their last ten. They currently hold the eighth seed with the Golden State Warriors on the outside looking in at 19 and 18. Have They have lost three in a row. They've split the last ten games, five and five each. They're 19 and 18 with the ninth seed in the uh, in the Western Conference. They're first in assists per game. 22nd in opposing, uh, they give up. Uh, they give up on average 112 points every game. They score 118 in a game on average points per game. 13th in the NBA, which makes which makes perfect sense why they're just a game above, a tick above 500. Don't crash the glass real well. 22nd in the league in rebounding. Um, but you know, it's Steph Curry's team. Let's see how far Steph Curry can uh, can take. Uh, Draymond Green and the boys in the uh, in the Western Conference. That's where you stand as far as the first half of the NBA regular season is concerned. Be sure after this all after this uh, little shindig of an All Star uh, game weekend, uh, you know it's when the tough gets going. It's where the rubber re- rubber will meet the road, and when uh, you start playing some serious basketball, as the weather heats up, so does the postseason push. And the NBA is concerned. You'll have NBA postseason, you know NBA postseason uh, pushes with the with the teams I just mentioned coming up here later in the month and heading into uh, April and May. You'll have the NCAA tournament, which for once this podcast will be on all, all over. Wasn't all over it in 2018. And then of or excuse me, 2019, excuse me. And then of course the you had no March Madness in 2020 because of the pandemic. You finally have it. I'll be here to uh, to break it all down for you. So you got March Madness, NBA basketball will start to mean will start to mean a little bit more after the All-Star break. Then you'll have some baseball on the on the way, and then of course the NFL draft. So we should be in good shape uh, in, in the mid back into March, all through April, and then of course all through May. But it's good to be back, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatelic TAS podcast. I'll be back with you Wednesday. I promise you. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. If you're new to the program, if you like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T I S. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast. It's your boy Giant Shields. Talk to you on Wednesday. Y'all stay safe. Take care. Get vaccinated. See you.